Hi, I'm Brent Haiti, mentor, coach, and ideal life architect with One Way of Life. And this is Calm Waters. Inspiring stories of people being their best self, living their ideal life, and experiencing balance and real success along the way. Listen in and let their stories inspire you to create and live a rewarding and successful life steeped in feelings of clarity, joy, freedom, and purpose. All right, I am thrilled to be here talking with Janice Baskin today. And Janice is uh, an owner, a co-owner of Camelot Interiors and uh, someone that I've been looking forward to having this conversation with for a long time. So welcome, Janice. I'm excited to, uh, to chat with you about what's going on from a, a working front and from a life and lifestyle front and just to hear more about uh, uh, about you and your world. So yeah. um, thanks for being here. Yes, thank you so much, Brent, for having me. This is very exciting. So I want to I want to know a little bit more about your your business and your work. And of course, I know some, um, but uh, tell me a little bit more. Camelot Interiors, you guys are focused on window coverings. And uh, let's just kind of let's just begin this conversation by by going the work front and and sharing a little bit more about what you do during your working days and, and what you guys focus on and specialize in, in your particular business. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, I own the company with my husband, whose name is Chris. And uh, like you said, we focus on window coverings. So we're, I like to call us your blind enthusiasts. <laughs> and um, really, you know, uh, geez, I don't even know how to start this, but Chris has owned the company for 25 years. So he bought it in 1997. And he's right. been at this for a quarter of a century, which is a long time to own a business when you think that, you know, a lot of businesses don't make it past that two year mark. Yeah, and um, I started working with him uh, 2012. So I guess that was 10 years ago, I left um, the position that I had, I was the program director at the YMCA. And I left that position to join forces with him. Uh, he had a business partner who was retiring, actually. So um, there was too much work for one person and he needed a, a partner. And it just felt like a, a really good fit for me to, to join him. It was a natural kind of a step, a natural evolution for you. So um, in the business now, what, uh, what do you specifically do? Are there roles that, uh, that you take on and, and you specifically do for your business? Yes. Um, so the lesson that I learned, that we learned, I suppose, over the first five or six years was that it was important to, to have specific roles yeah. and uh, kind of not job descriptions so much, but just sort of like boundaries of what my, what's my job, what's his job. Um, we didn't start out that way and it got, it got a little messy <laughs> from time to time. We were just sort of, uh, because Chris had owned the company for so long, it was hard for him to relinquish control over some of the things. And um, I really wanted to, to make some changes and, and do some things like social media um, and, you know, and uh, take over the website and all that kind of stuff. And so it took us, some time but we figured it out so my job specifically is the marketing of the company so I do manage all of our social media um, I take care of all the liaison with all of our home builders 
working on referrals and lead generation um, in the community. And then uh, we also both do installations. So Chris will do the sales and the consultations, and then we come together and install the blinds for our clients ourselves. Nice. Yeah. And, and you guys, you operate in Edmonton and in Calgary. So there's uh, certainly some, some travel, some, some uh, road trips that are necessary, I imagine. Uh, yes. I think our work truck has somewhere around 280,000 kilometers on it. So wow. yeah, we're, we're up and down <laughs> highway two quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. You get familiar with that straight drive right up and down. Yes. Done that one myself for a number of years. So I know it well. <laughs> Um, you learn lessons along the way you, you, as a, uh, as a couple that are also business partners, that's an, an interesting one that's there. It can, uh, it can, it can carry over into your, uh, into your daily life. And it could also, you know, it's, it's, it's similar, but not exactly the same as two business partners who are not a married couple. Um, Along the way, you, you know, you, you guys have you've come a long way from the early beginnings when it was just Chris and then when you kind of came on board. And um, of course, a, a big focus that I would love to hear more about is this, the, the idea of living your ideal life in what I call the one way of lifestyle. Uh, so um, right now, for instance, you are taking some much needed time away some time for yourself uh what what is living an ideal life to you uh in terms of how you see it yeah um and and really that question uh it it goes right back to the reason why we decided to become business partners in the first place my position, uh, my my previous job, I was working strange hours. Uh, the YMCA had, you know, hours. We mm -hmm. opened at 5.30 a.m. and we were closed at 10.30 p.m. So I sort of found myself working all over the place. Um, Chris having to go back and forth between Edmonton and Calgary was gone a lot. And we were new in our relationship. So we've been together for 12 years now. And we realized very quickly that this was not the life that we wanted together that we had both been married before, we both knew what our love languages were, we both knew what we needed. And so yeah. deciding to become business partners was in a, like, it was about creating the life that we wanted for ourselves. And a big piece of that was spending time together. That's our love language, both of us yeah. is spending time. Yeah. And so we, that's what we wanted. And so we were willing to take that leap into being able to to work together so that we could spend more time together and for the most part it has worked out that way um, as our roles sort of got settled uh, there are times now I find that we we do see less and less of each other just because of our the way that our responsibilities pull us in different directions yeah, yeah. Um, but we do have the ability to manage our schedules. So for example, like you said this week, I'm taking some time away. We have the ability to manage our schedule when it becomes a priority for us to go, okay, look, we need to take a few days together or we need to um, you know, maybe work together. I need you on this project. And so that flexibility has still allowed us to continue to live that life that we wanted. 
Interesting. And, and, you know, the, the recognition of what you both need in terms of spending time together, uh, it, it can carry it into the work. It certainly has it in projects that you both work on together and time that you spend in business together. But of course, it, it carries uh, away from work as well. Um, when you were first getting underway in working together uh, in the business, on the business, was there, you know, were there, what, what were some of the key things that you needed to, I guess, sort out with one another? Um, were there boundaries that you needed to set around work versus at home? Um, you know, as, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we can have the tendency to be on, right, all the time. And, um, and that can carry through in a, in a lot of different uh, ways. And when we're on all the time into the evenings, onto our weekends, there's always something to talk about with respect to work. There's always something to focus on. There's always more to be done. Um, did, was, there, was there a time when that was a challenge for you in, in kind of differentiating between the two where, you know, what led to either overwork or overwhelm for one of you or the other, uh, or it, you know, or, or some semblance of burnout or imbalance? Um, did it create some challenges between the two of you in terms of dynamic? Uh, tell me about your experiences in, in working your way up towards kind of where you're at now that way. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when I, when I think back on it, um, from the time that we started working together, we never really had an issue with, um, you know, work carrying into our, our leisure time or our time together. Uh, although that's not to say that we didn't talk about work, you know, yeah. over dinner or while on a vacation or, or that kind of thing, but it just never seemed to like impede our ability to relax. Um, what's interesting is that there have been times where the individually we've experienced burnout, mm -hmm. but not together. And, and maybe that's a good thing because it seems that when I'm struggling, Chris is in a strong place. And so he can sort of like, you know, just come behind me and give me a little gentle nudge and vice versa. So if he's having, you know, a challenging couple of weeks or months, um, I can do the same for him. The one thing that we did really, really notice, and especially over the last couple of years, is that in February and March every year, both of us struggle and it could be you know just ah. because of our winters are feel like they're eight million years long at that time or um you know spring yeah. is a busy time for us in work and so we're anticipating yeah. anticipating the things that are coming up and so we made the agreement that we take a vacation sometime in february or march yeah every year yeah and obviously we couldn't do that the last couple of years and so um you know for us it's really about trying to just stay on top of what are the things that are kind of getting to us and and being able to share with each other so that we know okay I need a little help or he needs some help today and yeah. 
And I mean, that, that's, I mean, it's cliche, but it's like communicate, 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 right? It, well, it, it's cliche, but it's real too, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the reality that has worked for you and ultimately can work, does work for so many. So is, is that the secret for you guys? The, the, the level and the type of, of understanding you have of one another and one another's needs and the recognition of, say, the triggers that one of you sees the other experiencing being off, maybe burning out, whatever, and then knowing uh, how to engage in that data, that conversation to see what the other person needs so that you can support. Um, is there more to it than that? Or is, is that really the essence of it? I, you know what? I think that is the essence of it. I, the other piece of it is that recognizing, and this is hard for me because, and I can't speak for Chris, but I'm, I will, <laughs> but that we're fixers. And so we're both the type of people that if we see someone who is struggling or is hurting or who, you know, we want to fix it. And we, 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 like, I will come in with, okay, well, if we do this and we do that and, and we get a coach and we go, go to counseling or, you know, like, and sometimes you're just having a bad day. Like, and that's really all it is. I mean, you don't need a fix. You need to be able to vent. And so um, being able to understand, and really it comes down to the question, like, what do you need today? Are you just looking to vent or do we need to do some problem solving around this? And as long as the other person has the self-awareness to say, no, you know what? I'm just, it's just a day. I'll be fine tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Um, but it, it is an interesting dynamic because sometimes the fixing creates more frustration than it does good, right? So do you ever get the days where you kind of get it wrong, where you don't ask that question and what do you need? And you kind of assume, or you start automatically down that fixing road, the mentality of, okay, I got this. What we need to do is A, B, and C. And the other person really just needs to be heard or uh, the, does that happen sometimes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All the time. Uh, and <laughs> what's more likely to happen actually is that I will start to fix in my head, like come up with lists and I'm, I'm literally brainstorming things that I need to do and um, like not being aware that I just need to ask that question. And, and so um, again, it just comes back to that communication piece and, and, being able to talk very openly yeah. about stuff and not taking it personally. Cause sometimes if someone's having a bad day, it's not about you. Yeah. It's just a bad day. <laughs> yeah. How do you snap out of it? Is, is it that you know, Chris helps you snap out of it or do you have ways that you kind of, you catch yourself? Um, if it's, you know, momentary. Yeah. yeah. If it's momentary, like both of us are really big on outdoor time and workout time and, um, even just the two of us sitting somewhere watching a TV show, holding hands is, is enough usually to snap us out of it. If it's a prolonged thing, then, you know, you, maybe you stop and look at, okay, well, what's the pattern here and, and what do I need to sort of fix that? And for me, it can look like things like time away to myself or just, um, yeah. even for me running by myself is a really good way for me to just let it all go and come back and it's I'm yeah. a different person yeah yeah did you learn 
to um to be like this did you learn to be kind of self-aware in this respect uh just through trial and error uh or, or were there certain steps that you you know steps you took or or think books you've read or how did you get to where you're at like this because you're you know when the things that you're talking about that where you're at personally where you and chris are at as a couple a lot of people struggle with and and the 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 unconscious patterns that they are living out without necessarily seeing or recognizing them, they're, they're hard to break through. Yet, you know, yet for you guys, it, it seems to be working rather well. I mean, it's not always there and it's never perfect, but we, you know, we evolve more and more and improve on it over some time. So any, you know, any advice you can give in that respect? Um, and I am a self-help junkie. <laughs> like I will read self-help books and listen to self-help podcasts. Yeah. I, I love them. But what I came to realize was that, um, and, and I think that we all intuitively know when we can tap into ourselves, we know what feels good and what doesn't. And even if those are, we have habits that we um, partake in that we know. So for example, um, I love to sleep in. I love to sleep in. I am not much of a morning person. I'm like three cups of coffee in by this time of the day. Um, but I know that when I sleep in, say, you know, a whole bunch of days in a row or um, on a weekday, I feel terrible because I feel like I've missed some time that I could have been productive in the morning. And I feel like, um, you know, I'm scrambling at the end of the day to catch up from the things I missed at the beginning of the day. And so, although it's something that I will indulge in from time to time, I know as a habit, it doesn't feel good. And <clears throat> tapping into that intuitiveness of being able to say what continually makes me feel good and what continually makes me feel crappy <laughs> is, yeah. I think, is the key. And, and we know it, just sometimes we don't want to admit it to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that awareness of it allows us to give ourselves permission to not necessarily sleep in every single day, but when we do, it's okay. Right. And more often than not, we you know we choose something else, and it's for some specific reasons, yeah, and we don't have to beat ourselves up about it, right? But I, lo I love what you're saying about that, you know, that level of kind of self-awareness, because when we know ourselves, when we really know who, how we are, how we show up in the world, how we want to show up in the world and, uh, and can align with that, then, you know, then, then, you know, then we are becoming the, the best version or a better version of ourselves. And it then opens the door towards how we start to know and see and understand others like our significant other, uh, especially if they're a business partner with us and there's so much that is, is going on with one another, but, but even if they're not just in terms of that family dynamic. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I wish that I could say that I've always been this way. Um, so you asked if there was like steps that I took. And honestly, like I was talking with a fellow business owner about this last week where um, I just had this mentality in my 20s and 30s that I had to I had to accomplish things to be valuable. And, you know, I had to 
it was a, 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 I call it shooting all over yourself. Like I should be doing this and I should do that. And I, and those things served me well during that time. And I did accomplish a lot, but I'm finding that as I get older and I've entered my forties, I feel a lot less self pressure to do those things, but rather just to do things that I enjoy because I enjoy them. And I actually think that's something that Chris taught me because he's always sort of with that life, like, I just want to keep things simple. And I want to be, I want to do things that make me happy. And I want to do things that make me feel good. And I don't want to do things that don't make me feel good. (laughs) And it was a hard thing to wrap my head around, but it's, it's very freeing when you start to really feel that way. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it's something that I think happens more and more as we, as we move along in our lives and we, and we kind of open up to that, but uh, sometimes there's a trigger. So is, was there a specific, was there a specific moment in time, a specific event, a specific message maybe from Chris that was kind of your, you know, your TSN turning point around that, or, or was it just a, a gradual repeated message over time that just took hold and and became you know, you know how you look at things now was um, it for you? yeah I think there was certainly um so when I was in my uh when I was 34 I was diagnosed with um stage three colorectal cancer and so that was a pretty big turning point for me right um yeah for sure you start to realize what's important and what's not and um you know, your own mortality comes into question and um, your perspective just changes. It just, it just does. And um, for me, it really kickstarted me into, I got to do the things that I want to do now. Like we always say, oh, when I'll do it, when this happens, when my kids are gone, when I retire, when I, whatever fictitious sort of arbitrary timeline we've put on it. But Really, if you start to work towards those things now, then they are more likely to happen, right? Like it's those actionable steps. Um, And so that led me to do things that I just didn't think I would ever do, like running the Boston Marathon, running an ultra marathon, um, which were incredible experiences. And um, I'm glad to have kind of been pushed in that direction in my late 30s because as we get older, it, all that stuff hurts way more. <laughs> <laughs> the recovery isn't quite so quick as it maybe once was, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I know that from, from some firsthand experience as well. Uh, the, the wake up call, we you know, sometimes for some people, we can have a pretty significant one as you did. And, and it provides certainly an, an opportunity to, to grow from it, to learn from it, to change from it. And uh, that sounds like it was definitely a, you know, a turning point for you in some respects. Uh, you, you, you find the path forward from that, and now you start to act in alignment with that. Leads to many of the things that you're, you're just sharing, like running the Boston Marathon. I mean, that's, that's huge. Uh, not mm-hmm. everybody gets to do so. Um, at, or an ultra marathon. There's always a statistic of such a small percentage of the population would run a marathon and, and a quite accomplishment to do so. An ultra marathon, an even smaller, smaller percentage. So, you know, amazing um, examples of you know, of living it and 
um, mindset. You speak kind of to, to the mindset. And I know, you know you and I have talked before about mindset. I know you talk about that quite a bit. And, and that inner dialogue that we have sometimes around, you know, once I get to this point, then I can, or you know, later it will come. There'll be time. Just keep moving forward and, and don't worry about it. But it's those wake-up calls that kind of remind us of let's not be living in the future. Let's be living in the present. Uh, still plan ahead for the future, of course, but we live in the present because you just never know and we don't want to take things for granted. And, and if, that, if that dialogue is keeping the carrot always dangling beyond our reach, we may miss out on a lot of amazing things in, in any yeah. area of our, of our lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, especially as entrepreneurs, um, well, I mean, people who work for other people as well, but we, we start to identify ourselves with what we do for a living, right? You go to a, a networking event and the first thing people ask you, or you, you're hanging out by a fire somewhere yeah. at, at a cabin and people are, oh, what do you do for a living? Right. And it's yeah. like, we identify ourselves as that thing, but the thing I is, am, uh, yeah, yeah, but you're like, but that's, that thing will not last forever ideally I mean some people work forever but you know so it's really about understanding who we are and the things that we value and I think any anyone can if you arrange your life in such a way can have the opportunity to build the life that they want it just it's not always easy. And sometimes it means saying no to money, to clients, to, you know, um, but it's, it's always a constant like balance of, well, what the question that Chris and I always ask ourselves when we're struggling with something is, does this get us closer to where we want to be in 10 years or in five years? Great right. Question. Great question. Because it's always, it's always forcing you to align your uh, your answer to that or your decision making based upon what really matters to you to the two of you to your family now and and yeah a year from now five years from now 10 years from now and and if it's not moving you in that direction toward that there better be a pretty good compelling reason that it's not a hard no right right and 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 then and then you act accordingly coming out of that but uh that's yeah that's powerful I love that yeah so that's one of the one of the lessons that you've learned the other thing I wanted to ask you is that you know if 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 you were to be able to go back and speak to a younger version of yourself what would you say to that version of you what you know what pro tips what life tips what uh what you know two or three things would you want that version of you to know that you now know Mm-hmm. Any thoughts this is that? so yeah, this is such an interesting question because I have a almost 17 year old son who's going into grade 12 yeah and I remember still so vividly what it felt like to be that age and just how difficult it was and I experienced that difficulty well into my 20s where I just struggled with identity and um, anxiety and depression and just all these things that um you know, like the expectations that I thought people had of me and then the expectations I created for myself out of who knows where. And so he and I are having a lot of these conversations and 
um, I said to him, he's struggling over uh, what to do when he graduates from high school. And I said, it doesn't matter. And I don't mean that to say that um, it doesn't matter what you do, you don't have to do anything. What I mean is just pick a direction and life will take you where you're like, you'll constantly be faced with decisions where you can pick one direction or the other and one direction or the other. And as long as you aren't necessarily limiting your options, yeah. you just never know. Like, yeah. and, and I say that because I went to university, I have a psychology degree. I sell blinds for a living. <laughs> Those things are in no way connected to one another. You saw that back then, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So that's, you know, I think the biggest thing that I would tell my younger self is that so much of this, of the pressure and, and the expectations that are placed upon us, again, whether it's from an outside source or from our internal self, is is it just doesn't matter yeah there's there's just so much happening and i don't know how to teach that to someone i don't know how to because i know what it feels like to be in those moments where you just you can't see the possibilities um and maybe you maybe you can only learn that by living it i'm not sure but that would be the number one thing like yeah. just pick a direction and see where it takes you yeah and and that's I think that's precisely it. It's about direction, not destination. Yeah. Because two months from now, three months from now, a year from now, what you see and know then, you couldn't possibly see and and know now in this moment. So it's gonna it's gonna change some of the trajectory a little bit, maybe, uh, maybe a lot. But when you know that you're going in the direction that feels right and is, uh, uh, is aligned with, with what you know of yourself and who you are and how you are right now, it keeps you moving forward. And then things begin to present themselves. And, and like you said earlier, if you do continue to get a good understanding of who you are and, and what matters and, and how you want to show up in the world, then whether it be career choices or business opportunities or, or, or ways of living uh, or who you are interacting with, involved with, all of those pieces start to fall into place. And, and I, think you, you know, I think you're right with that when we're quite young, there's so many influences that are, that are outside, right? Our Western world, our society is telling us so much about how we should be. Now go back to those shoulds again, right? Yeah. You should A, B, and C. You should. You know, this is what is important, and and um, we may not be in alignment with those shoulds. We may not be ready to hear what those shoulds are, and um, if we simply allow ourselves to move forward, like you're saying, I think it. it, it I think. You know, when you said, I don't know how to, how to teach that to someone, maybe it's less about teaching and maybe it's more about simply helping and guiding. And, you know, as a parent, for instance, it's, it's being there to help guide while a person has that self-exploration kind of moving and going underway. And, and I'm sure that you and Chris are doing a number of things that are setting that a very good positive foundation for being able to, to have your kids move in that direction mm -hmm. uh, in their direction 
as opposed to you should go to school and should become a insert the occupation that you that you choose um and it unfolds over time yeah so, and i read something powerful lesson yeah i've read something somewhere and uh, I can't remember the, the number, but you know, 85% of statistics are made up anyway, but I read something that, sure about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. That um, there's a, like 10 years from now, there will be thousands of jobs that ex didn't exist now. So to, to tell someone you need to start on this career path and just be that for the rest, it's like, something might be invented and a job might come along that you that we didn't even know existed when yeah. you're making those initial choices so to limit yourself yeah. i mean it just seems it seems like you're i don't know like you're you're limiting your options and then going well what what did i do that for right yeah yeah yes i think you're absolutely right the the advancement of of our world is happening very exponentially and uh and um knowing what will be in a year from now is 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 not an easy thing to do you know? so it's 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 really about positioning one's you know oneself and understanding and knowing just like you've been saying and and i think when we do that then we then we remain open right we have that openness yes. to opportunity and is something that I, I talk with with clients an awful lot about is that opportunities will will always come, and you know you and Chris in terms of how you approach decision making and and in alignment with the direction that you want to take allows any opportunities to be looked at in a way that that you might say yes to. Or it might be a, this would be good, but not the right time now mm -hmm. versus that hard no. And, and somebody else who's earlier, earlier on in, in that uh, uh, along the pathway, armed with that can help them continue to move forward in the direction, I think a lot, a lot smoother than the trial and error that, that, that I've gone through, that you guys have, have gone through at points in your past and allows you to, um, um to 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 maybe bypass some of those challenges that uh, that that tend to come along the way yes i certainly I, I hope so and i mean we all want that we want that for our kids right we want them to live a better existence than we did um but there's there's merit in our mistakes too yeah. so i guess <laughs> yeah. we have to shove them out of the nest and watch them fall <laughs> there is and they and they won't avoid all of the, the pitfalls and traps that that we have fallen into and some of them uh they'll find on their own because they're new ones that come along and uh and and we do learn from them and, and it's, it's simply an opportunity if we have that conscious awareness to learn from those and 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 grow and continue to move forward so mm -hmm. so where do you go from here so you know you too have uh have had a an an interesting and unique path to where you're at now. You um, you've made some great steps and have some some very positive experiences along the way. At the same time, you've had some some blips and some challenges that we all do. 
uh, your, your business is where it's at. Your, your life is where you're at. You're, you're living some semblance or some version of an idea life that you see for yourself. Where do you move forward from here? What's next for you, for you guys? So we're in an interesting position. And, um, so, and I should mention that Chris is nine years older than me. So he's in his fifties and he's starting, he looks at life very differently, right? If you think about like 10 years ago, how you looked at life versus now. So, yeah. you know, a decade from now, um, Chris is looking very seriously at, at semi-retirement slash retirement and what that might look like for, for all of us. Um, it's not my plan to retire in, in the next, you know, six to eight years. Yeah. And we've been having a lot of conversations about this. And one of the things that we did, um, and it all boiled down to that question. So we were looking at building a new house and we went, hang on, does this get us closer to our goal? And yeah. if you're wanting to retire in six to eight years, does having a new mortgage that's double the mortgage that you currently have get you closer to that? Maybe not likely. <laughs> so um, we actually made a decision to go in the other direction and we downsized and we downsized our mortgage. And okay. um, what that did was, you know, the house is, is, I mean, we're not living in a, in a shack by any sense, but it's, it's smaller and different than our old house. And um, it, but it will give us the opportunity to um, be financially free in less than two years, nice. um, which is, is very valuable. And as our kids get older and they're looking at moving out and moving on, we, we want to put into, um, into action the plan that we have. And so part of that plan is we have a house in Arizona and we wanna spend more and more time down there. Yeah. And uh, so we're looking at the company and trying to decide, which is a difficult decision, um, how we go about exiting. Uh, right. We get the sense that our children do not want it. <laughs> so um, we, are looking at building our clientele to a place that makes it um, a, a very lucrative, sellable entity. Right. Position. For someone. Yeah. 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 For someone else to take over. Right. Okay. Yes. And so whether that means we hire someone with the intention that that person will eventually take over the company or we just outright one day put it up for sale. Yeah. Um, and then for myself, I'm looking at, at opportunities to maybe do some contracting work with other businesses and other business owners. Um, I've been doing some writing and just exploring other ways that, again, I don't know where they'll lead, but maybe they'll lead to, to the next best thing. I'm not sure. Nice. Well, the, the, having the discussions about that, of course, is it's a starting point and looking at it, considering taking the jump straight to full on retirement. Some people mm -hmm. can and will do that. Uh, if you're in a, in a, in a career, in a job where that is a natural next step, then that happens going from working to, to not working for money anymore. Uh, but it, it, it kind of, it, it's about the freedom, right? It's about creating freedom and, Sometimes it's the freedom of the time that we want to be able to do what matters, spending time in Arizona, at your home there, doing the things that, that fuel your passion, 
writing. I know you've you've been been writing a, a blog lately that has been something you're passionate about, other mm -hmm. things like that. And then there's the financial freedom to allow you to be able to do that. And the the one thing about the concept or the idea of semi-retirement that I really like is it's it's an opportunity to continue to operate a business or continue to work in the ways that you're passionate about that fuel you and energize you continue to to earn an income to make money maybe even more than you did before if things are done well so the financial uh, piece continues to, to move forward as you make changes like downsizing a home eliminating a mortgage eliminating other debt stuff like that and at the same time allowing you the freedom to start to pursue things that that you you love that may not be um that they may be manifesting through your business still or they may manifest somewhere else and whether that semi-retirement phase goes on indefinitely because now that you're able to live the life and lifestyle that you really love and you want or whether it goes on for a period of time that allows you to transition towards say selling a business mm -hmm. um, and then moving into full-on retirement. I, again, it's a it, it's it's like we were talking about what you would say to your former self. Where you guys take this a year from now, you may not be able to see exactly what that is right now. Things may happen during that year that you make some different decisions about, but you've started the process, and uh, and I love that. So. Um, so you're living it and you are beginning to live more of it. What are some of the things that you are most passionate about as we, as we begin to, to, to wrap up our conversation here today? What are some of the things that you are most passionate about doing, you know, whether it be within your business in, in a, in a semi-retired kind of a phase uh, or away from your business? Um, so there both like let me gather my thoughts here my um my I, I my passion really is writing and it's interesting yeah. because I never as a kid I loved to write stories and I wrote lots of stories and actually a couple um stories and poems published in in like local magazines and that kind of thing as a kid and as an adult, I have realized that I still love doing that and I never had an outlet for it. And so uh, where it actually started was social media. Um, I started doing the social media for the company and I found a way to um, create a voice behind our brand yeah. that is just us. And Chris and I are, we're, we're a little bit, if you see our social media, we're silly, we're you know, we like to have a good time. We're not, that's not us pretending for the camera. That's really the way we are. You know, we, we often you. make friends with our clients. Uh, we like to have a good time with them. It just, it's just who we are. And um, creating that voice really led me to creating my own voice behind my blog. So the blog is called Blind Enthusiasm and it has nothing to do with blinds. And just everything to do with life and with how the people I meet and the things I experience and the books I read and and really it's a, it's it's somewhat of a diary where I'm just discovering myself 
and I'm beginning to understand the things that, you know, have influenced me and, and helped me to become who I am. And if one person reads it or 40 people read it or nobody reads it, I honestly, I have no expectation of that, which is really uh, lovely for me. And so like, as long as I can continue in some form or fashion to, um, to, to grow that passion, I think that I will be just fine. Connect with that passion. You have a way to, uh, to fulfill it um, through your blog, Blind Enthusiasm. And, uh, and, and it is you know, one of those things that certainly sounds like it'll continue to energize you and fuel you as you move forward through these, this next phase of, of your business, of your life. And uh, uh, I look forward to, to seeing more there. So we'll put, uh, we'll put a link to it in the, in the notes, in the, uh, the, the description of the podcast for this. So anybody wants to, uh, to, to connect with you, to, to get a sense of, of all that you are working on, that would be a great place to do that. Um, one last thing I wanted to, as, as we finish up our conversation, is, uh, is, there, is, there, is there something, one question, is there something that you, you wished I would have asked you that we didn't really talk about here today that, uh, that you would like to, to share a little bit about, about yourself, about your business, about the life and lifestyle that you and, and your family live? Oh gosh, that's such a good question. Um, yeah. You know, the things that, that matter to me are family and, and my marriage and my business. My, my kids. Um, the other thing that really, really matters to me is mental health. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at ways to become more of an advocate in the mental health sphere. I, I have some ideas percolating, but really for me, um, I've grown frustrated over the last few years at just how, uh, just how much we we don't talk about it, I guess. Yeah. And um, for me, it's really important that we begin to have those conversations and they're unpleasant sometimes and they're uncomfortable. Um, but the more, and I read this really great book a couple of years ago, but really the idea was the more that we begin to share our stories, the more that we know that we are not alone. Yeah. And there's so much value in someone finding out that the things that run through their head run through other people's head and that they're, they're not alone. And so, um, yeah. that's, you know, um, I could talk forever about it. I won't, but that those are some, that's something that I'm going to really focus and work on over the next, you know, six months to a year is how do I become more of an advocate and, and a spokesperson for mental health? That's awesome. It's, uh, it's such an important area that continues to evolve and grow and open up. It's, uh, it's a space that does need advocates and people um, creating space for everybody to, to open up and have conversations and share stories, just like you're saying. So uh, I, I wish you well as you pursue that even further. We need that. Thank you for, for doing so. And, uh, and thanks for adding that as a last little bit here about yourself and about something that's important to you, something that you value deeply. Uh, so overall, uh, thanks, Janice. I appreciate this conversation. I've, I've really enjoyed to get to know you on, on yet another level and understand more about, uh, about all that uh, is 
for Janice Baskin and for Camelot Interiors and for the life and lifestyle that you are living and will continue to do so. And I look forward to, uh, to seeing how it continues to play out. And, yes, and well, uh, thank you, Brent. This do is another great. conversation of, of down the road and, and see all that has happened between now and whenever that point in time is. Oh, just like a true coach, you're going to hold me accountable, aren't you? <laughs> there, there you go. And, well, and, and I'll do it on another coaching level here and make sure that we can share in all of those wonderful successes. Yes, perfect. <laughs> all right, take care and uh, enjoy the rest of your, of your day. And I look forward to talking again soon. Yes, you too. Thanks, Brent. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you've been inspired to rise above the waves of work and life that currently crash down all around you and harness their power as you begin to ride wave after wave of change towards the calmer waters of your ideal life. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it on social media or directly with someone that you know needs to hear its message right about now. One last thing, if you're ready to step onto your pathway of change, then consider joining us in our One Wave Global Community. Our members are people just like you. They share many of the same challenges that you face. They want to create and live their version of an ideal life. And they love the form of mutual support that our community brings. Come check us out at onewaveglobal.com. Until next time, be healthy, be happy, and live fully.